Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of the Reimagine Mobility podcast series. I'm here with Jesse Allen and Kyla Hamilton. Um, welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Maybe to start out, for some of our listeners and viewers, maybe we start out with Kyla. You're at the University of Alabama. Uh, explain a little bit, what are you doing in the, in the mobility space? Uh, so I work on my team, or the University of Alabama's EcoCar team, and uh, primarily, I've been working on the connection automated vehicle side, so uh, learning more about that technology and developing our own. Uh, but the team spans a wide variety of areas, including uh, propulsion systems, you know, modifying, taking things apart, reintegrating systems, uh, developing new mounting solutions, and as well as the control side. So, how do you actually control all the new components that are put in the vehicle? Okay, excellent. Jesse, how about you? Yeah, thanks for having us on. Uh, I, I'm the senior program manager for the EcoCar EV Challenge. I've, I've been in Argon, um, living and breathing EcoCar for the last 11 years. Um, I, I've held a variety of roles within the EcoCar program over the years. Um, my my background, I, I come from Virginia Tech, where I was a student in uh, in EcoCar at the time. Um, as a student, I, I I was the CAD guy, the integration guy. Um, you know, packaging, mounting, brackets, finite element design. Uh, that was my niche. And then I, I came to Argon and started working on the other side of the fence, giving back into the program, organizing it, managing it, executing uh, our, our workshops, our events, um, running the whole thing. And I, I shifted from there into a project management role and now um, program management kind of overseeing the whole program um it's you know it, it it's kind of rare these days for to keep a single course for like a full decade you know if you want to count student years it's the better part of 15 years and that i think kind of just speaks to how great the program is how much passion there is and and, and kayla's an excellent example here of uh of the young bright minds um as it goes with students and they come out, they go. And so every year you get new students in, you see them learn, you see them grow, develop skills, um, figure out how to tackle complex challenges in the mobility space on a variety of disciplines and topics. And, you know, it, for me, it, it feels like it kind of keeps me young. I mean, not that I'm all that old, but, you know, seeing them grow and, and learn while still being connected to the technology and the latest developments in the automotive space and the mobility space has, has really been a joy for me personally uh, uh, in, in my career. Uh, I, I can already hear the passion that you have. This is, this is great. And certainly for the Equal Car Challenge, right, as you said, it's been going on for, a, for quite a while. I mean, this is the time now, right, over the last two years, this has become, I'm sure, even more popular than it was before. And, uh, and will continue to be popular going forward with all the transformations that we see in the, in the mobility space, not just on the ground, not just with vehicles, but all across in the air, and now with, with NASA going to space. Well, maybe starting out with Jesse, so you came out of Virginia Tech, you moved into this role. I can feel the passion, I can hear it, I can see it. What really motivates, what, what are the top three items that motivates you to continue doing this? And what, what are the benefits ultimately for the students? And then we go into Kyla and see what does she experience in, in this space? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for me personally, the, the number one thing for for my role on the organizing side for EcoCar is giving back to the students, um, the growth and the learning. It's investing my time and energy into an endeavor that where the product is people, right? You know, at, at an OAM, you build cars. At EcoCar, we build engineers, and that's that's what we're doing here with uh, with Kayla. Um, so that I mean, that's the core thing. Really, it is. It's 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 a people driven endeavor, and we're investing in the improvement of of lives. Um, I I'm also a nerd, big nerd. I I really get a kick out of out of the technology, um, and being able to to work in a role that's very people centric while also staying relevant and staying up with the trends of the automotive industry. I mean, right now is probably the most exciting time um, for for auto, for mobility since, I don't know, maybe like the 1900s, 10s, 20s, something in there. I mean, it's a it's a time of, of great change and evolution and technical um, technological progress. And it's just, it's really cool to be able to see that. Um, even in just the 10 years, 10, 11, 12 years since I was a student, the words connected and automated vehicles were nowhere close to the mainstream. I mean, that was, uh, that was research, that was prototype stuff. And, and now here we are where most many cars you buy have at least some level of automated features, whether it's, I don't know, an automated brake assist or adaptive cruise control or something like that. And you know that the fact that we have grown and changed with the industry on on the eco car side is just really cool and fulfilling to see us take an educational program and continue to keep it relevant for the students as they learn and grow. Yeah, that's a good point that you make, and I think you know connectivity. I got involved doing telematics right to so the beginning of connectivity and then connected vehicle stuff with with uh, DSRC and V2X, I mean, 15, 17 years ago now. But if I compare that with what we're really doing today, uh, that was whatever playground stuff. And now we're moving into the adult world and we're doing some real stuff and we're really changing the way mobility works. So maybe then from the student side, again, Alabama doesn't matter, but from the student side, what what do you see other than again you have a passionate leader here in Jesse that's pushing it that that has walked the path from engineering school to now helping you guys really get what to me is the tremendous value of practical experience not just in school but practical experience putting it to work and working with OEMs and other sponsors uh, that bring also another component to this which makes again eco cars. What is it that excites you the most uh, to, to spend even more time than just studying and not going to football games and maybe spend time on this? What uh, what, what do you see, Kyla? Yeah, so I've been involved in at my uh, school's uh, car team for off and on over the last six years through undergrad and grad school and getting to see a lot of different roles, responsibilities, just different areas to learn. I got involved first just from... Uh, wanting to get more hands-on experience you learn a lot in the classroom but you don't get the application side of it so it's you go from you know the theoretical side in the classroom straight to the workforce and now it's how do you make that jump of application so joining the team was really unique in getting to actually apply those skills learn new tools that you don't see in the classroom but will in industry especially automotive um and 
that that was the main reason that I got involved. And then I stayed because of the opportunities to network with, you know, automotive sponsors. Uh, there are a lot of uh, different companies that sponsor a competition. And it's great getting to network with all of them, learn their tools. Uh, I love the team. And as I've progressed, I've gotten to step into different leadership roles. Uh, so seeing more of the management side of it, how do you manage teams uh, while still getting to learn new technical skills, which I think is really important, uh, especially as I continue my education. Yeah. So maybe I'll I'll put my eco hat on for a moment or eco car hat on for a moment, Jesse, and try to help you out here and, and, and looking at our, our student Kyla here. In your opinion, how much more valuable, how much more prepared for the business world, right? To work for an OEM, for a supplier, a company like EDL, uh, how much more prepared will you be or are you already compared with others that are not, that have decided not to maybe join or participate in EcoCar? Can you give me an idea? Do you feel like you're, you know twice as prepared, three times, I don't know. Give me a little bit of an idea of what you feel, how how valuable, let's say, for you specifically, this is. Yeah, they're, they're light years ahead of their peers. EcoCar students are ready to drop in and hit the ground running. Um, you know, and that's kind of a qualitative, anecdotal way to say it. Um, I think it's probably fair to equate... Uh, two or three semesters of eco car to roughly eight months to a year of on the job training because you're you're working with real products um an actual vehicle you're dealing with um the can networks their protocols their methods uh the same things that you're doing at an oem or a, a tier one supplier you're doing that as a student on campus um from a quantitative uh, standpoint, we've got really good data on this. Um, during uh, over the last five years, every year we have surveyed the um, the entire population of Eagle Car students and asked questions like, "Are you graduating? Are you looking for a job? Did you get a job? How much did they pay you?" And over those that four year body of data, um, if you boil it down for just undergraduates and even divide by discipline, mechanical, electrical, computer science, um, we've got a big pile of data that says EcoCar students command a salary premium compared to their non-EcoCar peers. Um, naturally, it depends by discipline, but somewhere in the range of like five to $10,000 um, more than their non-EcoCar peers. And let's, uh, let's assume that we have a, a rational labor market here where employers aren't just throwing money for no reason, that kind of speaks to the quality of students and the quality of uh, engineering talent yeah. to get out of EcoCar. Yeah, absolutely. Kyla, maybe your perspective to that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt more prepared going into internships and co-ops than some of my peers, you know, just talking to them on the job, you know, the skill sets that I had already already had through working with some of the tools that we get to see through EcoCar, again, that you don't see in the classroom. Uh, I just felt a lot more confident going in and being able to step into that role and do more. Do you feel like when you go into an internship, because for us, when we have interns, it's sometimes hard to gauge how much experience do they, do they not have, right? I mean, uh, paper is one thing. Once you see them, some are more like, oh my gosh, you can give that person anything and everything and he or she's going to do it. And other ones, oh, on paper, you give anything and then you realize, ah, they're still students. They're still learning what exactly this means in the real world. 
Have you experienced this? Is, is EcoCar almost more challenging and more demanding and more maybe also enjoyable because it's diverse and challenging than when you go into a, an internship? Have you experienced that? Uh, it's definitely a little bit more intense, I think, than doing an internship. Uh, I mean, we have tight deadlines to meet. We only have a set amount of time within the semester to, to bring the whole car together, depending on how big our team is or what our skill sets overall look like. Uh, we spend a lot of time, you know, training new members and getting them up to speed. Uh, Interesting. Maybe go back, Jesse, you said, again, you work for Argonne National Labs. W what is Argonne's goal with this? I mean, Argonne is a research facility, yeah. obviously do a lot of great stuff. Um, tremendous facility. Um, some of my team members just visited uh, you guys uh, a few weeks ago. But what is what is Argonne's thing with with EcoCar? What's the benefit there? Yeah, so the big picture, Argonne is a, a multidisciplinary science and engineering research center where uh, talented scientists and engineers work together to answer some of the biggest questions facing humanity. Um, the The research portfolio of of Argonne spans numerous areas. Um, we have. Uh, the advanced photon source, which is a particle accelerator, um, we're always towards the top of the list and, you know, the, the biggest, baddest, fastest supercomputer. So all kinds of basic science research. And Argonne is, is part of a, a network of ne uh, national laboratories that, uh, that are, are all, um, they, we exist to serve the mission of the Department of Energy and, and their research, research priorities. So um, Argonne and other national labs, we are very tightly uh, tied to the Department of Energy and EcoCar is a, is a Department of Energy program. And uh, the key goal there is, was, and always has been workforce development. That's, that's one, of the, um, one of the things that the Department of Energy is focused on and has been for a long time. And that's that's kind of the genesis of EcoCar is seeding the North American auto industry with the best and brightest um, to provide a, a catalyst to uh, to keep the uh, the U.S. and and Canadian North American auto industry um, relevant and and competitive. And uh, so that's that's what Argonne gets out of it. That's what DOE gets out of it. Um, it really comes out of the students, um, workforce development, getting them out into the industry and developing prime talent, um, to keep, uh, keep the North American auto industry on top. Yeah. Maybe Kyla, again, the topic here is always, how do we reimagine mobility, right? And in your case, you've been in this program now for several years. You probably have seen technology advance even in that short period of time jesse probably even more we get to that next but what what are you looking for next as it relates to not necessarily equal car but with the things you've learned you're going to get into the workforce i hope you come into the automotive space because it is an exciting space or the mobility space at least right anything on the ground in the air space who knows um what are you looking for as it relates to mobility from a, from a technology perspective, maybe, or how people are going to use it? Are eVTOLs really going to replace local taxis, those sorts of things? Just give me an idea of what, how do you think of mobility, how it's going to look like in five years? I mean, 
as you mentioned, just like even in the short, like the few years I've been involved with EcoCar, I have seen it evolve, especially like I mentioned earlier, I've worked primarily in the connection automated vehicle space. That's kind of my passion. And, you know, seeing it evolve from a competition standpoint of, you know, in the last competition, we adapt, we only developed adaptive cruise control. Well, now we're moving towards cooperative adaptive cruise control, as well as lane centering, continuing to kind of build towards a more fully autonomous vehicle. Uh, I don't know if we'll see a fully autonomous vehicle in the next five years, you know, fully level five running around completely on its own. Uh, but it is really exciting to see that space continue to grow and to be part of the development uh, as that continues. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sure either if we see one. I mean, we've been saying it every every five years. We're saying in the next five years we'll see an autonomous vehicle, and then we seem to repeat ourselves. And there's certainly challenges, but at the same time, as you said, we're <clears throat> Maybe not as much as we initially envisioned, right? But we certainly are making continuous progress. Um, and with sensor technologies and everything else getting better, they're certainly enabling pieces that can help. So, Jessica, maybe same question for you again. Reimagine Mobility is the title of this, of this podcast series that we're doing. What, what are you imagining mobility will look like? Again, maybe with, with an eco car, what you're going to do there? Or just general, what you have seen... <laughs> this whole program develop and what the OEMs and the sponsors and suppliers like us are looking for and bringing in, where do you see mobility heading in five years? Yeah. For, for EcoCar, our program is really focused on developing students with the skills to go and plug into industry and immediately contribute. So EcoCar is less focused on pushing the technological boundaries of what is capable with, um, you know, vehicular automation. So we're not asking our students to, or our teams to develop a, a level five fully capable, can drive itself in any scenario autonomous vehicle. Um, we have scoped the challenge more narrowly to give them something they can work with. And in particular, something that's approachable for undergraduate students. Now, bigger picture, uh, mobility in, in the auto industry writ large and what automation looks like um, this is fascinating. Like I, 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 quick aside, but my my dentist is an engineer that diverted to um, to dentistry, and every time I go in there, he asks me, "So when are we getting self driving cars?" <laughs> so I get asked this question like at least twice a year. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of see two frontiers here. One is the the technical frontier. Can you produce a vehicle that actually can do it? Um, just just one of a single a single vehicle can we get the technology to a point where it's ready to truly go and drive itself in all places and all scenarios um that's one frontier and and there certainly are our companies in a couple spots i think san francisco's one hot spot um part of it's the technology part of it's the regulation and the permitting and, and those are kind of growing together the other side of this is more of the mainstream um, the features that are out there are more widespread. How do we get people to actually use them and adopt them and understand them? Um, everybody seems to have their own terminology for what is effectively adaptive cruise control. Everybody's got their own branding, and it's it's, it's really pretty confusing. Or someone who's not familiar with uh, with those features. Um, my parents, for example, they they own a uh, Chevy Equinox. And it's equipped with adaptive cruise control. And I asked them about it. It's like, yeah, I don't know what that button does. I don't, I don't use that. So I think those two challenges are the two frontiers we're going to see play out. 
at least as far as, as I can see it. Uh, either way, EcoCar will continue to train students who are going to be equipped to jump in and help the OEMs and the Tier 1s uh, solve the problem. Yeah. I think you're bringing up a good point. And then I have one more question for Kyla is, is, is the, the consumer or public education piece, right? With, again, with a adaptive cruise button, that's a, that's a big thing. We'll see it with, uh, again, now with hydrogen, right? And fuel cell coming in people are like, what is this? This is dangerous. It sounds like it's going to blow up. Uh, you know, your point about, uh, your parents not turning on that button, you know, our cars are always full of technology because that's what I want. I want to drive what I design or help design. And my wife just always says, as soon as I get in, I turn everything off because I don't like none of that stuff. So it's interesting, right? But last question, Kyla, you talked about connectivity and how that is really where your passion is, right? Autonomous and connectivity. If you had to pick a place or an industry or a sub-industry of mobility outside of, let's say, passenger vehicles, okay, Mobility, autonomous, I mean, we're talking ships, we're talking trains, we're talking motorcycles, heavy-duty trucks, off-road, mining, uh, aerospace, lots and lots of different space, uh, spaces where all this stuff, in some areas, been there longer, say aerospace, for example, connectivity and autonomous been there way longer than anywhere else, probably, at least, again, to a limited area. But what fields outside of passenger vehicles would you be mostly excited about to work in? I think uh, the concept of trains or like heavy duty vehicles is particularly interesting with trains just because, you know, we still transport a lot of goods and, and people still that way. Um, and it's, it's a more limited space to some degree, you know, your train is stuck on the track. So how do you, how do you deal with uh, diverting trains? How do you deal with weather conditions, things like that? Uh, some of it's still similar, but it still presents a slightly different problem and uh, problem-solving space. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thanks, guys, for, for joining us today on the Reimagine Mobility podcast series. Great feedback. Very interesting what uh, you guys are doing at EcoCar and how you as a as a student representative here, Kyle, are, are, are benefiting from it. It's great to see, and uh, we're glad we're uh, partnering together and, and others continue to invest here because... As you said, Jesse, this is the future, and we need the brain power here to uh, to push the the leading edge of technology further out, so that we are able to reimagine mobility for the better of everybody. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Stefan, for having us on, uh, and thank you to AVL for uh, for being a sponsor of EcoCar. Um, we really couldn't do this program without the support of uh, of dedicated sponsors like uh, like AVL and. Uh, GM Mathworks and, and DOE are, are the headline sponsors, so uh, definitely Out appreciate point. it. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Reimagine Mobility Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.